Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Hey, friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me, and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hey, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm just thrilled that you're here. When we were thinking about the show today, we started to remember that Black History Month is in February. And as someone who celebrates Black History Month and loves the fact that we can learn more and dive into history about our Black brothers and sisters here in America, I remembered that I didn't always feel that way. And so today I'm bringing my friend Faith Brooks on and we're asking the question, what's the big deal with Black History Month? Why do we need a month dedicated to black history? My prayer is that as you listen to Faith, that you will practice that empathetic listening that she talks about, and you'll hear from her as a black woman living in America as to why this month is so important to black people for sure, but also to all Americans. My friend Faith and I also talk about the organization Be The Bridge, which if you've been listening for the happy hour for any length of time, you know that we've talked about that before because that is my friend Latasha Morrison's organization that she started. If you're interested in learning more about black history or even learning more about what it means to enter into unity, I highly recommend listen all the way to the end and Faith is going to tell you how you can take that first step. I want to let you know, we talk about a lot of resources today. We're putting all of those over in our show notes. Those are easy to find. Go to jamieivy.com, check out for the podcast information, and you can find this particular show and they're all there. In fact, a real easy way to get them is to sign up for the newsletter, which is jamieivy.com slash newsletter. Also, I'm going to let you know, we're adding even more links than we actually talked about. Faith sent me some resources that she loves that we didn't have a chance to talk about. Our team put together some resources that we love. And so if you're interested in learning more about how can you integrate Black History Month into your everyday life, or how can you support businesses run by Black people, we are going to hook you up with some places for that on our webpage. Friends, not only is it the first Friday in February, but we launched the very first episode of the Jamie Ivey Show this past Monday. I'm super excited about this show, and I think that you're going to enjoy it so much. I wanted to create a place where you could sit down and watch myself and another guest have conversations about things that matter in life. I want you to be encouraged. I want you to laugh. I want you to think differently about some things. You can find it on YouTube. Go to youtube.com slash Jamie Ivey. My very first guest this last week was Morlakea Kennison. She's an Olympic athlete. She's training for the 2020, yes, you'll understand why I still called it that, Olympics that are happening this summer in Tokyo. And we have a great conversation and I got to ask all my Olympic questions that I've always wondered. Plus, she's a fabulous woman who loves Jesus and has such an interesting story about how she had to overcome some obstacles to get back to where she is now today. Check it out, youtube.com slash Jamie Ivey. All right, friends, here's my friend Faith as we talk talk about why does Black History Month even matter? Faith, welcome to the happy hour. Thanks for having me. This is exciting, and I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. And we've run in some of the same circles for a while and have mutual friends. But tell everyone what you do for a living, because they're going to recognize your boss's name. So just go ahead and tell them what you do. (laughs) 
Yeah, so I work as Director of Programs and Innovation for Be The Bridge with Latasha Morrison, the founder and president. Love this so much. I was looking back this morning about when Tasha was on the podcast for the first time, and it was episode number 44. Oh, my goodness. we're clearly in the late 300s. I mean, it was forever ago that she was on, and she spent a long time friend of the show. And so it's fun to have you on as well. And if anyone's listening, I'm going to sound like a broken record that I say every Christian American, and you don't have to be a Christian, but whatever, whatever, but every person should dive into that book. So I'm glad that you're here and thank you for coming along. I want to set the stage real quick and tell everyone that it's early February and February is Black History Month. And Faith, I'm going to be vulnerable with you for a second. I remember when I was in high school hearing people and myself probably agreeing with what's the big deal with Black History Month? Like, there's no white history month. I could crawl under a table right now. Like, and my eyes just got blurry, actually. I could crawl under a table now, realizing that those words probably came out of my mouth. But I don't think I'm alone. And so I want to have this conversation with you today about what is the big deal with Black History Month? I mean, even we're talking about your boss, Atasha, when she was on, she told a story about when she was in high school. She like, I don't know if it was student council, but something like that. And she's like, we're going to celebrate Black History Month. And it was like crickets and nobody wanted to do it, you know? And, yeah. and there were other people of color in the room and it was just like, I don't know if we should do this. So let's jump in, Faith, and I want you to be our teacher of the month with okay. Black History Month. And let me just start with you asking you this question. Like when you were growing up and you were, I don't know how you grew up or where you grew up, what was it like in your high school with Black History Month? Yeah, so I have a really unique educational experience because I was homeschooled all the way through high school. And there are not many Black people at the time when I was homeschooled that were homeschooled. So it was very much so kind of like, a, what are they doing? So your uh, Black History Month was like amazing. Well, yeah, my parents taught me. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> my parents taught us Black history. Obviously, like the curriculum that we had did not teach accurate history and it wasn't correct. And so they definitely worked really hard to teach us about different people who are just pivotal in Black culture that they felt like we needed to know, know about and things that we should celebrate. And it was very much so something that they took pride in teaching us, like about who we are and where we come from. So that's just incredible. Okay, so your educational experience was different than mine. But what I just told you, being super vulnerable, that's not new for you to hear, is it? No, it's Okay, not. so let's talk about that. First of all, I guess the question would be, as a Black woman, and you can be honest with me, I don't feel that way anymore, Faith. So the, <laughs> I have repented and we have moved forward. Jesus is good. But how does that honestly make you feel when you hear that? Not about me in particular, but just that concept yeah, just of concept. why do we need to? Yeah. It makes me feel like, well, I think like honestly just kind of highlights that I think sometimes white people don't see that every day is white history for us. And Black History Month is just a time for us to highlight and show to the world and to the country that we have a story to tell and our voices are going to be heard. And I just don't think that people realize that when everything is written or, you know, comes from the lens of white folks, that doesn't give us the opportunity to tell our own stories. And it's important for us to do so. You know, it might seem minute to some, 
but it is monumental for our community and it really is everything. Because imagine having a story and a history that's told orally that then you're able to like write down and, you know, pass on and for everybody to remember something. Like imagine like not having any way of remembering anything about who you are. And for us as Black Americans, especially those who are descended from those that are enslaved, American history that we have here of our history here is all we have because we don't know where our home country is. We don't know our tribes and things like that. So this is it for us. And that's why it's so important for us to honor Black history. I want to go back to something you said earlier, and I don't want to miss it. And I want you to explain it for people because it could be maybe alarming for some. It may be confusing for some. You said every day is white history for us. Will you unpack that and tell me what you mean by that? What I mean by that is that there's so much in our society and in our culture that allows white people to be able to tell their story and their narrative and their history. It's everywhere. It's in our history books. It's in the things that we do. It's in the policies that are written, which are nine times out of 10 written by white people. It is in our workplaces when there is a um, probably majority of white folks that are in the workplace and you hear about people's lives, their history, their culture, their families, all of those things, like all of those things are history. And it might seem like really silly when you think about it, but like, let's really look back at what history is, right? Like it's us like recalling what has happened. It's us taking note and account of what has happened in the past. And every day, something in history is being written. There's a moment in time that is going to become a major historical event and just simple things in people's lives, families, things that are going to be documented. That's all history. And so when I'm sitting at a table and I'm the only Black woman in a workplace and I'm listening to people's lives, their cultures, listening to them talk about their nanas or their pops or their land or their family or where they came from, that's history. And every day that I go into an environment where I'm the only person, I'm listening to somebody talk about their history. And some people might not think about it or realize that I don't know much about you know, the people that have come before me. And I don't know much about my history. And there hasn't been anything that I can look back or trace in my life to say that was passed on from this person to this person to this person. And now it's mine. I don't have that. But what I do have is the knowledge of I come from great ancestors and people who I stand on their backs and I walk forward with their life, you know, and their lineage and their blood in my veins. And so that's what I have. But a lot of people don't realize that you have like history, you have mm. dates, you can track when you you know, maybe your ancestors came on a boat over here and you can see all the names and times and dates and places. We don't have that also mm. because we were held back from reading and writing and all those other things. So there's history that a lot of people have that they don't realize is actually special history to have. So that's why I say for white folks, every day we see moments and glimpses in time where you all have access to history in your lives in a way that we just don't. You know, it's so true. My mom gave me a, a really special gift for Christmas. I will treasure it. And it is a binder. I mean, you can't see this, the listener, but I mean, it's a, at least three, four inches thick. And it is all of past relatives, some of them going back to coming over on the Mayflower, one of them. I mean, back hundreds of years. And as you were talking, I was realizing, wow, so many people would not be able to go back that far uh, because there wouldn't have been a historical record of where they came from, who they were birthed from, where they lived. And so it's true. So let's talk about Black History Month. Where did the idea of even having a Black History Month come from? 
Yeah, so there's a man named Carter G. Woodson, and he's considered kind of like the pioneer of the study of African-American history. And most of the credit goes to him for Black History Month. And so basically, he saw that in textbooks, like things like that, they were not highlighting the history of Black Americans. And so for him, he took on the challenge. He's like, I'm going to write about Black Americans, and I'm going to write them into our nation's history because it's really important. And so he established um, an association of study of Negro life and history. And so what that group did is they created this journal of publication for Negro history that would go out and just kind of talk about um, essentially Black history at the time. And so in 1926, Woodson established Negro History Week. And then what we all know now as Black History Month, that was founded in 1976. So we really just kind of took that Negro History Week and it became a whole month in 1976. So really, really cool. Okay, way to go, Carter, is what we got to say about that. But yeah, I don't know if you know this or not, but I'm thinking, Faith, like, I feel like there would have been pushback for from Carter and wanting to celebrate this for a week and then in 76, turn it over for a month. And if you don't know, it's okay. But do you know if there's been like historically pushback from creating this into a week and then to a month? You know, I'm not exactly sure, but I can tell you from the conversations that I've had with people and or things people have said to me personally, it has been like pushback about there being a Black History Month. A lot of it has been like, why do you even need one? Right. Like, what's the purpose of there even being a Black History Month? And so I'm quite certain he had pushback on establishing um, a Black History Month. But it's just like for us, it's like we need more than a month. Right. Like hundreds of years of not remembering or knowing. And the fact that Carter and many others decided to take Black history seriously and tell our stories. I mean, imagine if we didn't even have him doing that. There's right. so much we probably wouldn't know now. So, yeah. I mean, because we only know a minuscule of our history yeah. because so much couldn't be written. And yeah. so it's really cool. Like, it's cool that we get Black History Month, even though some people might not love it. I mean, it's monumental for the community. Well, it's funny that I asked that there was pushback. And I started this whole show with telling you my Yahoo self, you know, as a high school, white, very privileged, no understanding of anything in the world could not wrap my little bitty brain around it. And so, yeah, I can see that as well. So, you know, it's important. I host the podcast Relevant and Derek Minor mm -hmm. is a black man and he's on that show. And one time, it was probably this summer, he told me about a book he was reading. I'll get the name. We'll put it in the show notes, all the things. But I want to say it was like a thousand black people who invented things that you would never know about. And so mm -hmm. I went to Amazon right then and ordered it. And, you know, these conversations are important to me. You know this, Faith, and the listener probably knows because I have three black children. And so it's important in our household that we have these conversations. But I want this to be important in everyone's household, whether there are black people or not. And so I guess a question for you, if someone's listening and they're white like I am, and they really, really want to like support Black History Month and to be a part of this and to see the value in it, what are some things that someone can do to say, hey, I'm with you, Faith, and every other black American, and I want to be a part of supporting this? Speak specifically to white women. I would say definitely support Black businesses during this time. There's um, a business called Because of Them We Can. You might have seen them around social media, but they have all kind of different resources for kids and they do all kind of different educational things, which is a great organization to kind of follow for things like that. And also like choose to learn about somebody new in history. And when I say new, I mean not MLK, not Rosa Parks, not Harriet Tubman. Like, you know, you got to go beyond those probably 
I would say like staples, so to speak, Mm -hmm. of Black history. So choose to learn something new. Also, the book that you're talking about, Jamie, I can't remember the name, but I know what you're talking about with, you know, the like a thousand names of inventors or people who've done amazing things Mm -hmm. um, in the Black community. That's a great book. We used something like that when I was a kid just to learn more about who people are. Mm -hmm. Introduce your kids to those things, but also talk to your kids like why it's important that we talk about Black history, right? Because if we are a country that is really open to everyone of different ethnicities and cultures and, you know, faiths, all those things, like as the United States, it's important to say, hey, there are people in our country that are Black Americans, and it is important that we learn their stories as well, right? This goes for other people of color, other ethnicities, but teaching your children why it's important to learn about other people and their stories is monumental because it'll also help them to know that, you know what, there's so much beauty in the differences that we have. And in order for them to know how to kind of like a love for our collective experience and for other people is to teach them and not to make it something that's like cumbersome, like, okay, well, we have to like learn this. And if we get it wrong, then I don't know, like, just know, like, this is something we need to learn together because it's going to make us better. It's going to make us wiser, more empathetic, and it's going to help us love our neighbor better. Mm -hmm. that's why we want to learn Black history. I love that. And it makes me even, I was going to ask you why this matters to us as Christians, you know, because I'm a follower of Jesus and you're a follower of Jesus. And a lot of people who listen to the show are followers of Jesus. I feel like that adds a whole nother level of why Mm -hmm. this matters. And so can you take it just a little bit deeper as to why it even matters because we have a common faith? Yeah. So Tasha talks about this a lot about how we're image bearers, right? And how we're made in the image of God. And I truly believe that if, you know, our faith is what's guiding us and leading us in this work and in these conversations, that is what compels us us to love people. Um, It's what compels us to show up for people, to show up for our neighbor, to weep with those who weep, to mourn with those who mourn, to be able to love people to the best of our ability. And the only way to do that is to make room and space for people to show up as their full selves and to offer them that room to learn something about them, right? So when it comes to you loving people, when it comes to you loving Black people and other people of color, allow us to show up as our full selves with whatever we have, whether that's our grief, our anger, whether that's our worries and concerns and fears and truly practice listening and empathy. I talk a lot about empathetic listening because I think that people have lost the art of empathetic listening, which means that you're listening and you're not waiting also to like speak, right? You're listening to listen. And I think that sometimes for Black folks, it's hard trying to connect with people when they're just listening to create a response back to what you're saying, but not actually actively listening to you to hear what you're trying to say. And I think believers, um, you know, especially need to be practicing active listening, empathetic listening, to be able to truly hear what a person is trying to say before coming back with a defense. Like, listen with ears to hear, heart of compassion, to hear what a person is saying about their lived experience, right? And so I can't explain away my lived experience. This is just what it is. It's been difficult. But what somebody can do is meet me and listen and say, hey, I might not understand it all. I might not get it all. But I do know that God has called me to love my neighbor as myself. And if 
this is something that means something to you. It means something to me. And I want to listen and I want to learn. And it's and it's something that has to be practiced because it takes humility to be able to listen without trying to have like a quick response. Right. And so I just encourage people like try empathetic and active listening and let that be something that fills your heart up. I was thinking when you said that exact thing is it takes humility. It takes laying down your pride. So it takes humility, but I also think it takes a genuine concern for other people. And I think we're missing some of that sometimes. It's almost like, okay, I'm going to ask this person their story. And if it doesn't line up with what I've heard everyone else's experience or or what I read in a textbook, then they must be lying and that must not be true. Mm -hmm. And what you do when you do that is you're saying, I don't actually care about what you're saying. Like, I don't care for you. And so that humility and that care really, really matters. You mentioned something earlier, Faith, and you said something about textbook history not telling the whole story or not saying like how it was. When I think about Black History Month, I think that's another reason I think it's so important is because it's this opportunity to dig in deeper. Mm -hmm. And the older I've gotten and the more conversations I've had, the more listening I've done, the more reading I've done, I've come to realize, wow, there's just a lot of things that were left out. Like that wasn't taught. Like I never heard that in my whole life. And so talk about the value of digging deeper into those and why that even matters. Because I'll be real honest, if you're listening and you're white, there's a tendency to think this doesn't really affect my life. And to be honest with you, it doesn't affect your life, except Uh for the fact that if you care about people and you want to be invested in their life, then it matters. But honestly, you could live your whole life, Faith, and it wouldn't change a thing if you didn't Uh know the real history. But Uh when you see and hear the history as it was, you're empathetic. You have humility. You care. That Christian faith that we have is goes, oh, I need to know all the truth if I'm going to love people the way God wants me to love them. So talk to us about why it matters to really get the full story. You know, I think one thing that I was thinking about is when you're choosing to lean into empathy and lean into actively listening to what somebody has to say, you're choosing to lay down any kind of pride or sense of self that would prevent you from wanting to even like hear what a person has to say, right? Like Mm -hmm. the learning of history and all of these things are incredibly important because if you know history, then you know more about why we are the way we are Mm -hmm. today. Like Mm -hmm. you will know better about why we are here in this moment, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think there's a lot of people that will say like, oh, wow, like all these things going on. I just, I never knew. It's a privilege to not know like what's going on in history or it's a privilege to not know like why the black experience is the way it is today because like you were saying Jamie like there's an opportunity to just live life and never to have to think about it but we don't have the opportunity to never think about it because every day we live in it and so you know one thing that is really cool that a friend of mine did was create a history curriculum called woke homeschooling and it's a black woman who created it because she was home schooling her kids and there was really no like we were talking about curriculum that was expansively covering historical truths in the way that she wanted to be able to teach her kids and I think about things like that because there wasn't anything like that that existed when I was Mm. you know a kid so you have all these black parents all over the world trying to like literally write their own curriculums and tell truths Mm. and historical truth telling because there's nobody else doing it and so History is so, so important because it's going to help shape the future. It helps shape our kids. You know, it helps your kids even know about 
this is where I come from. And this is why it means something to me to have an impact on the world in this way or to show up in this way. And so it really is like, if you are especially like a believer, it is so, so important to move past yourself and really lean in and dig into this conversation, you know, about why it's important to celebrate Black history, to remember, but also to do better, right, for the next generation. The hope is, is that they come behind us with more knowledge and a desire to, like, truly lean into history. Okay, your friend, the Woke Homeschooling, is this a curriculum people can buy? Yes, wokehomeschooling.com. Okay, we'll put this link to that up in the show notes as well, you guys. <laughs> I have a feeling I'm going to email Faith and be like, just send me other links. I can send people places. We will send them there as well. If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike. And it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, 
I'm okay. When the truth is... I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say... Hang it in there. Because... If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Okay, Faith, I have another question for you before we finish here. Is what does it mean to you to see white people stand alongside you and celebrate your history? I think it's really meaningful when white people choose to stand alongside and celebrate history because it means that they're choosing to see things and acknowledge, like acknowledge that number one, like we've had a problem in our country. And number two, I want to be a part of, you know, really kind of changing the tide for my family and making sure that this is something that's meaningful um, to them. The other thing for me is, is that it's deeply hurtful when people are dismissive of our stories, of our history and of our pain. And, you know, flippant statements can just, it can be piercing because it's like, wow, like, man, you know, people really don't see how difficult this is, which is why the empathetic listening part is really important. Because if you don't listen, you'll take one person's narrative and apply it to the whole Black community. And that's not, you know, that's not really (laughs) accurate to do it that way because Black people aren't a monolith. But there's a whole host in the collective of us talking about the pain that we've experienced in this country and leaning in to wanting to learn and wanting to come alongside. It's important. It's meaningful. And I always say this, you never know what you're doing for your children and the next generation the generations to come in your family when you choose to address those things and show up in the community and really make some changes. So it's a meaningful work. And I appreciate when people do it and decide to teach their kids. And just like you're saying, Jamie, like if these things can change in you, which means, you know, tides have changed in your family for your children. I mean, it's so important. It's so special. And I don't think you can ever underestimate that. Yeah. And, you know, I'm even thinking back to that high school experience of mine. And I would have said, I love all people. I'm not racist. And yet I had this disdain in my heart for like, why is this important? And I'm glad you said that because it's so true. Like God changes. That's what he does. He changes people. Faith, I want to talk about Be The Bridge, uh, the organization that you work for and that I'm a huge fan of. And what is y'all's mission? What do y'all do? What is your hope for your organization? Our mission is to empower people and culture towards racial healing, equity, and reconciliation. And so we do so much good work. I call it the hard and holy work that we do when we're talking about race in so many different spaces and cultures and all kind of things. But essentially what we do as an organization is we educate. We educate people about what race is and do corporate trainings, train DEI trainings for you know corporations. And we also write a lot of curriculum and things for people to engage with and provide care groups and support for those who are people of color and need that emotional care, support, community, all of those things. And so at Be The Bridge, we really are trying to holistically address racism, what it is, what it isn't, and educate people. And our hope is to be able to build better and stronger communities. And um, our faith really is the cornerstone of the work that we do and why we do it. 
And we're grateful that our work has reached beyond so many spaces, beyond faith spaces, and has inspired more people to want to lean into this conversation and ask the question, what does unity with accountability look like, right? Unity is kind of weaponized these days. And it's kind of like, oh, let's just sweep things under the rug and hold hands. And that's just not what we're doing. We're asking hard questions. We're looking at what does accountability look like? And we're helping to guide and lead people through the process of untangling so many things. So that way we can move forward with healing and with clarity and um, we can be better neighbors and friends. So it's a really great, great group. You're going to be challenged. It's not easy now. You're going to be challenged. We're going to challenge you at Be The Bridge. But we have incredible conversations that I think many of you would love to be a part of. I think it's a great place for people to go no matter where you are on this journey. That's kind of what I talk about with Tasha's book as I recommend it and say, man, this is like a brand new conversation for you. I think you're going to be really challenged and encouraged by this book. If you're years into this conversation, I also think you're going to be challenged and encouraged by this book. And so I love that you guys can hit people wherever they are. Now, if someone is listening and they're like, okay, I'm ready to learn. I'm ready to kind of throw down. I'm ready to explore my body. Biases. I'm ready to be humble. I'm ready to listen with that empathetic listening ear. Is there a first step at Be The Bridge? Yes. You need to sign up for our BTB 101 class. It is like your first step into the door that I work with our team to lead. And so we have really one every quarter. So we just started one, but you can always sign up for our, another one that's going to be next quarter and you are going to love it. Our team's incredible. It's a lot of learning. You're going to dig into amazing concepts, but it is the perfect first step because we really help you to you know get your footing and start this conversation. Well, I'm going to encourage people to do that, to jump in there and do that. I think after this show, Faith. Let's put together some like resources that we each come to the table with and we'll put them in the show notes for everybody. The two books that I'm recommending right now mostly are um, Be the Bridge by Tasha, which we've talked about, and then Uncomfortable Conversations with the Black Man by Emmanuel Acho. Mm -hmm. I liked his book a lot so much because he addresses some of the questions that white people are having, but just aren't really sure where can I ask these in a safe space, but he brings Mm -hmm. in so much history as well. And I appreciate you've talked about that so much about how it matters to know the history. And Emmanuel and Tasha both do that in their book of bringing in the history like if you're wondering why a black community is responding this way, let's go back 150, 75 years and see where we've been. And so I think that's so important because like you said, there's so many times that the black history that you're taught in school is MLK, Rosa Parks, Harriet Tubman, and then we're done, you know? And so, (laughs) you know, and I found it ironic too. We just celebrated Martin Luther King Day a couple weeks ago and I want to watch this FBI MLK movie. Have you seen it? I haven't. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-mm. I think it's on like HBO Max or something. Mm-hmm. And it's a whole kind of documentary about how the FBI at the time was really out to get Dr. King. Yeah. And they were like surveillancing him. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of a documentary. I'm really interested. I listened to a podcast where they interviewed the director and it was really good. But it got me thinking, if Dr. King were today and he were doing and saying the things he was doing, I don't think he would be celebrated. He wouldn't be. No. Of course not. He's been romanticized. Okay. So can you explain that? Because I think that would be kind of like people would be like, what do you mean? Because we love Dr. King. We have a statue of him and we we get Monday off every, you know, third Monday in January. And so what do you mean? So can you explain that for us real quick? And I just threw that at you. So I think because Dr. King was um, really committed to nonviolent and things like that, it kind of like over time, the narrative of him, you know, kind of began to shift and he kind of became this like poster boy for, look, see, do things like him. He marched in the street. He made a really great 
speech, I have a dream, and then we sign some laws, and here you go. Now we have the dream. And if you would just be like him, things would happen and change for you, which is like not even like the story at all. I'm really interested to see that documentary because, yes, the FBI investigated him. He was called a communist, a Marxist. We're hearing a lot of that these days. And it's not so, the first time people were called that today. Yeah. Uh huh. Exactly. So it's just basically like he became this person that people could begin to switch up and change the story about and kind of to make him a symbol of, see, it's over now. Racism is over now. Everything he talked about has happened, which it didn't. But right. And so now, you know, he's somebody we can look to. So, you know, some people try to like give you like their token black person, become the token black person. And they kind of tokenized him and his history and his legacy. But if you follow his daughter, Bernice King, she will set you straight on Twitter and let you know that is not accurate history. And that is not who her father was. And she will tell you exactly who he was and what he did and what he was standing for and fighting for and not to romanticize his history because that is diminishes the work that he Mm. fought for and what he did. Yeah, I think it makes people feel better. Like, oh, but we we love Dr. King, you know. Faith, thank you. Thank you for spending time with me this morning. Thank you for talking about something that I believe is so important to have conversations about. Thank you guys at Be The Bridge for doing such hard work on the front lines over here at Ivy Media. We're fans. We're cheering you guys on. Tell everyone about your podcast that you do. I love you and Catherine's podcast. And so tell everyone about it because they're going to want to check it out. So Catherine and I have a podcast called Melanated Faith, and it's a melanated look at faith and culture. So we talk about faith, pop culture, race, all kind of different things. We also talk about singleness, being single career women, what that looks like for us as Black women. And we really want to open up open and honest dialogues that can help compel people to think and just have fun, right? We want to also show like the other side of what it's like to be young and fun Black women who just want to have great conversations and laugh. It's awesome. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Okay, Faith, what are you reading these days? What are you loving? Tell me something. Right now, I'm reading the book All About Love by Bell Hooks, and I am loving, man, I'm loving just good, relaxing music these days. Natalie Lauren is one of my favorite artists, and I'm just enjoying just things that bring me joy and kind of like leaning into like 
Black girl, like anything that makes me feel good and happy and proud to be a Black woman. Like those are the things that like I'm leaning into reading and listening to because that really encourages me. Sometimes people don't understand like the effects of the world around us and how that can bog us down. But I'm determined to find like joy and happiness and peace in each and every day. Faith, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Guys, like I said, we will put so many resources for you in the show notes. Um, if you're interested in a book, you're interested in curriculum for your kids, you're interested in, I don't know, a shirt that says Black Girl Magic. We'll find one and put it in the show notes for you because I know it's out there. Faye, thanks for coming on the happy hour. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. I hope you enjoyed today the conversation with Faith. She's lovely. Check out the podcast that her and Catherine Freeman, which you might remember Catherine Freeman because she was a guest last summer on the Last Decade episodes. And then she also joined us for an episode on faith and politics that we did in October of 2020. So Faith and Catherine co-host the Melanated Faith podcast. You should be sure and check it out if you're a podcast lover and you're here. So you probably are. Go subscribe to the Jamie Ivey show on youtube.com slash Jamie Ivey. Next week on the show, Matt and Lori Creek came into the studio. In fact, you guys, they were my very first in-person interview in my new office, which was so fun. And I cannot wait to show you the space. But anyhow, we sat down and we talked about marriage. They released a book last fall called An Impossible Marriage. And I read it over the holidays. And I have said before, I told it to them. I'll tell you now, it's one of my favorite marriage books I've ever read. So join us as we talk to them next week. Today's show was edited and mixed by the team at Podshaper. The music was developed for the show by Matt Graham. Show notes are written by Abigail Castell. The whole thing's put together and produced by Lindsay Sweeney. I'm your host, Jamie Ivey. Have a happy hour with a friend. Enjoy your weekend. See you back here next Wednesday with Matt and Lori Craig. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.